1: Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
4: By the way, you're going to get the votes? He better get them. He better get them. Oh, he better. Otherwise, I'll say, Tom, you're fired. I'll get somebody. And by the way, under the Trump administration, you'll be saying "Merry Christmas" again when you go shopping. Believe me, Merry
0: Christmas!
2: Wow, you know, I was uh, really—I—I didn't—I saw the part where he uh, said he was going to fire the Secretary of what is Tom Health Bryce? And Human
3: Services HHS. Tom, you're
2: fired. I saw that part live. And I thought, wow, this is some rally. And it took a while before I was aware that he was talking to Boy Scouts. For one
3: thing, it was the big annual jamboree. And
2: it was hardcore, like, Mm -hmm. healthcare politics and Hillary Clinton and that sort of stuff for the Boy Scouts.
3: How about that Jeff
2: Sessions? (laughs) Boo! I'd like to kick him! Boo! (laughs) For the Boy Scouts, you'd expect more of a, I don't know, some sort of speech about leadership or honor or America or something. There
3: was plenty of that in there. But then he'd veer back and forth. Then he'd go off script and do the campaign rally stuff. But anyway, the Merry Christmas thing. Uh, Vince- to, the, to the roaring approval of the yeah. crowd, by the
2: way. So Vince brought up the Merry Christmas. I, wow, it was Trump's greatest hits. The, I, I can't wait to
3: mock that. The crowd roared with approval. Right, right. It, it's it's less about the specific than about what we were talking about before. The the coastal progressive agenda, which so freaks out so much of America, and And should, in my opinion, (laughs) you're living in the Bay Area, Seattle, whatever, Manhattan, you're thinking, what do you mean? I know there are a few clusters of stupid ignoramuses who are living in 1950, but come on now. You have no idea how out there a lot of your and your neighbor's ideas are. And look, maybe you're right in the grand uh, uh, tapestry of humankind. Maybe we'll look back and say, thank goodness for those brave souls who no, let anybody wrong. pee where they wanted to pee. But uh, <laughs> you have less uh, on your side than, than you think because your buddies in the mainstream media tell you, oh, yeah, that's clearly right. But then every time it comes up to a vote, it goes the other way.
2: Uh, yeah. I have more on that, but I don't want to interrupt what you're doing. Yeah.
3: Well, and and listen, I'll tell you putting something to a vote is not necessarily the best way to arbitrate what's right and wrong, but I'm I'm telling you and and uh, Chuck Schumer is 100% with me, that agenda will not win. Absolutely.
2: As Barack Obama said after the election. As Joe Biden said during the election.
3: So listen, the way it is in America, you look at history, it's it's true, you uh you trade one carrot-headed chucklehead for another. We used to have John Boehner, now we have uh, uh, President Trump. President Trump's not a chucklehead, he's a clever man. But uh, remember back when the orange politician people made fun of was John Boehner? Well, he's out there on the speaker st- circuit, playing golf, smoking cigarettes, and occasionally making a speech. And he said yesterday, um, he was speaking to some big gathering um, Take him on that. Big Las Vegas trade show. He said Republicans, quote, are not going to repeal and replace Obamacare. Because the American people have gotten accustomed to it. And I'm quoting. So far, he's a dead-on right. Here we are, seven months into this year, and y- yet they've not passed this bill. Now, they're never, they're not going to repeal and replace Obamacare. It's been around too long. The American people have gotten accustomed to it. Governors have gotten accustomed to this Medicaid expansion. So trying to pull it back is really not going to work. He said Clearly the, true. The best hope for Republicans in the coming months is to peel away various aspects of the law some tax provisions and regulations and end health insurance mandates. But, of course, you know, the mandates are to pay for the, the you know, forcing insurance companies to take on less healthy people. So you got to find a way to pay for that. Of course, the John Boehner method of paying for that is just throw debt on the kids. Did the you
2: know that Medicaid has been around since 1966, originally was designed to, to help the really helpless out there, and covered 2% of Americans? It now covers 20% of Americans.
3: And far more than that in some states, particularly blue states. 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if you look at the original intent of Social Security, it now does not resemble that uh, in any way. But it never gets discussed by either party. Right. How did it go from 2% to 20? Because giving people things, giving people other people's money is incredibly popular politically. It's as simple as that ridiculous
2: man i'll tell you what if i'm a democrat you, i you, you need to run on we just need to get the majority if we can get if we can get 60 senators again and a majority in the house and a democrat president we can get another entitlement through because all you got to do is get it
3: through just for a minute right and it's there forever right free dog food and cat food for pets these pets are beloved parts of our families they have a right to eat and the republicans would starve your puppies get free dog food in it's there forever
2: Tom Rogan of uh, Washington Examiner to talk about how we're going to war with China coming up in just a minute.
3: Yeah, oh, a, a, foreign, a major foreign power is menacing our fighting men and women. Nobody's paying any attention to it because we're spending all our time arguing about Trump and Russia and the rest of it. Evil Republicans and, uh, and
2: giving people stuff. This, this this happened to me the other day at Target, and I was thinking about this. So I was actually watching some news are you, are
3: you in the employee of Target at this point? That's the second Target reference in a single quarter hour. You know, I am a Target stockholder. Oh. Wow, I guess, uh, Sean, give me the number for the SEC and find out. <laughs> yeah, no problem. F- find out if you get a, the the whistleblower gets a cut of the fine. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll let
2: you know later. So I'm at Target the other day, and uh, no, I, I was actually sure. I watch I was watching cable news the other day, and. Um, uh, it was a discussion among some heavyweight intelligentsia uh, uh, writers. You know, some of the powerful people, you, you wouldn't even know their names, but there's some of the, the power brokers behind the scenes of, of thinking and talking in the D.C., New York area, right?
5: Were
3: they between 25 and 35 and extremely attractive? No, they were Because that's old. the only people I will listen no, to. No, these were the old power brokers.
2: <sighs> Go ahead and listen to whatever. Old school. And um, uh, and and one of them makes a comment and they're talking about politics and they're in theory, you know, having a nonpartisan discussion of politics. But one of them brings up i am not exactly sure what the word was, but something like a conscience in the Republican Party or, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, the caring part of the Republican Party. And one of them said, what part of the Republican Party cares about anyone or something like that? And they all laughed. Oh my God! You know, and I thought that that's wild that you're having a so-called nonpartisan discussion about politics, and that's the view of all of you in the room. So I'm at Target the other day, and in front of me in line is this. Um, there, there are a couple of people that I that I that I can tell. You know, you can tell tell by looking. They're um, challenged. I don't even know what the current politically correct term is, and yeah, I don't, don't worry about. And, it. We and know I know what you're. Trying and to I say. don't mean politically correct. I'm not using that as a. A slur. I mean, I want to say what is politically correct about these people. Because
3: you have nothing but sympathy f- right. for them. Right. Right. Sure. I don't know what the term is. You use mentally retarded. I, I don't know what it is. That's, that's not it. But uh, again, these terms, they change for reasons that are unclear to me. But
2: anyway, but- it was a group of people and, and the people that helped them. And I saw the van outside. And the right in front of me. And this is hard to talk about because it gets to me. I'm there with my two kids. But yeah. there's this guy, and he looks to be like 70 years old. Little old guy, he's very short, and he's he's obviously mentally retarded or whatever the term is now. And uh, and and he was buying something, and he had some money, and he bought something and went through the whole, whole process with the help of the people that were taking them around and everything like that. And he was just smiling ear to ear mm. and having such a good time, and, uh, and the clerk was real nice to him, and he, he purchased something and did something. And I thought, he has been in the care of the state his entire life. He's 70 years old. He will be his entire life. I, and I had just i just been thinking about that conversation I saw on cable news about the, what part of the Republican Party cares about anybody or anything yeah, like that. I want that guy taken care of from birth to death sure. by taxpayers. Every need taken care of. I want him f- fed, clothed, and sheltered his entire life by taxpayers. I don't want an effing dime. To go to someone who can take care of themselves and chooses not to. To either be on drugs or just live in the bushes or whatever the F they decide. I don't want any money for them. I right. want that guy taking care of his entire life. Right. And, and I don't understand.
3: And, and, and taking care of the people who can denies money to those who can't. Absolutely. So, yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said that because that's the whole point.
2: The point is any money wasted on the losers I saw at the convenience store the other day that I was talking about. Or these various stupid programs. That's money that doesn't go to that 70-year-old guy who was making a purchase at Target and smiling ear to ear. Right. It just it pisses me off. And the idea that you're uncaring if you want to do away with these just wasted programs. Or continue to take care of wastes of skin that are all around America just laying about getting drunk and living off the taxpayer. Right. Pisses me Claiming off. Claiming
3: some sort of fake disability. How many times have I said this, if you want money available for the truly needy, if you want money for mental health care for the mentally ill, become a small government type, become a libertarian, D- demand every dollar be spent wisely. The idea that oh well lavishing money at everything and just confiscating people's money and giving it to the government because they'll do, and that'll that'll end up helping the da- downtrodden are you kidding the bigger government gets the more the powerful the more opportunity the powerful have to exploit it and milk it it's not about helping the downtrodden for god's sake <clears throat> anyway
2: it's just so frustrating to me that the 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 narrative continues to work ...of the side that wants to be responsible with money is
3: uncaring. Right. And mean-spirited. Right. Well, and the Republicans have done a terrible job at countering that narrative. That's true. But it's, uh, well, it's sick. So, we're too busy arguing about Trump and Russia to notice that China is now menacing our military aircraft... ...and obviously probing as hard as they can to see how we'll react. Joe
2: predicting war with China.
3: China! What? Sounded like it to me. Tom Rogan of the Washington Examiner next. Stay with us. The Armstrong and
2: Getty Show. Could be a pretty dramatic moment later this morning during our show when John McCain walks into the uh, chamber to cast a vote in part of the whole health care thingy. Uh, since he's coming up off his near deathbed. It's a vote to vote whether we'll vote to
3: vote for it. Right. As the Senate uh, grinds on. But we'll uh, keep your abreast of that situation here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. As Jack looks inward, I look outward to the foreign threats to this great land, specifically China, which uh, is, is responsible for some growing tensions in the South China Sea, among other places. They're becoming increasingly belligerent, although hardly anybody's paying attention to it. Tom Rogan is paying attention to it. He's a commentary writer for The Washington Examiner. Tom, welcome. How are you, sir? Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having your eye on this. I think it's important stuff. Um, Tell us what's happened recently and your view of it.
5: Well, there are a few elements to this. I think, firstly, as you identify, there's the Chinese efforts to build islands in the South and East China Seas. Um, and then as a secondary point, and the reason they want to do that is about 40% of global trade passes through there. So they know if they can set up a missile platforms, etc., on these artificial islands that do not belong to them, they can say to all the nations in that part of the world, and indeed to the United States, anyone who passes trade through there, cargo ships, um, you better do what we want on the international stage. You better accept our tariffs. You better... Um, you know, if it's Vietnam, you better not fish in our waters. So basic imperialism. And then the second point with North Korea is that uh, China is just very actively uh, essentially rejecting uh, U.S. efforts to to put more pressure on North Korea to back away from their ballistic missile program, which, of course, will eventually pose uh, an existential threat to American cities um, on the West Coast and potentially one day beyond.
3: And so, what is China doing to assert themselves these days?
5: Well, th- what we've seen um, over the weekend uh, was particularly concerning because it involved uh, a Chinese, two Chinese fighter jets uh, intercepting a U.S. Uh, spy plane uh, off in international waters, over international waters, um, and flying in a way that, that nearly caused a crash. And, and the U.S. plane has twenty-four crew members on it, so. Ooh. And and, and if we look back to 2001, the same thing happened then, uh, where the Chinese crashed into a U.S. plane. And fortunately, thanks to the skill of our pilots, they were able to land, but they were held hostage. So the Chinese are trying to uh, get in our our face, I think is the right way of putting it. And and I just don't think we should stand for it, Um, and I don't think it serves our interest to stand for it. I don't think it makes conflict any less likely to challenge them.
3: Well, I would argue, and I have a feeling we're of a similar mind on this, that it would make it less likely to have conflict if we nip this in the bud immediately. And I know you've suggested sending along uh, fighter jets as as uh, escorts for these reconnaissance flights. I just it it seems clear to me that China is trying to push us as far as they possibly can to assert their power in their region. And we've got to
5: resist it. We do. And I I think you're absolutely right. And one of the interesting things here here is how desperate uh, the various regions of this part of the world, various nations are for American leadership, how pro-American they are, for example, especially Vietnam. Uh, People might not know this, but Vietnam is one of the most pro-capitalist countries on earth now. Uh, The Vietnamese leadership are desperate to, to strengthen ties with the United States. And so but why does that matter? Well, it matters because, you know, the United States is sometimes accused of being the world's bully or whatever. Um, but in this part of the world, whether it be Australia, other nations, I mean, the leader of the Philippines is slightly insane, so he he is kind of unpredictable. But but broadly, uh, we have the ability to rally um, a, a, a vast coalition and, and to put real pressure on the Chinese to say, listen, if you don't cut this out, uh, we're going to cause issues for you. And we're going to, for example put pressure on the Europeans who are doing increasing business with China. To I think what we have to remember is that we are still the world's superpower um, and, and that that carries with it power potential that is greater than the power potential of China.
2: Since you mentioned that, um, you're thinking, man, where do you come down on uh, the history of the world is if you have a world power, the rising world power and that world power go to war almost always with very few exceptions in world history.
5: Well, I mean, so what you'd mean... Um,
2: Isn't that just inevitable, us in China? Well, I mean... That it's, almost it's, always happens.
5: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 sure. I mean, I think the, the focal point here, though, is the nature of the Chinese regime is such that they have no interest in uh, coalescing around kind of U.S.-led international order, rule of law based, you know, in contract law when people are doing, you know, in commerce, um, in terms of the advancement of human rights and individual liberties. Um, and, of course, we have an imperfect record there. But, but broadly, um, you know, China is with a rising economy. They 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 see the potential to, to usurp that and make it a sort of world of, you know, communist, quasi-capitalist uh, cronyism. And so I think, you know, it, it's worth standing against that.
3: Tom Rogan, commentary writer for The Washington Examiner. Tom, thanks for the time. We appreciate it.
5: Thank you very much. Have a nice day.
3: Thank you.
2: I want to stand against it, too. I just think the trajectory of world history would be we end up going to war with China someday. I hope it ain't my lifetime.
3: Well, here's the difference. While you're absolutely right, China has um, uh, demographic challenges that no rising power in world history has ever had. There's never been a rising power that's significantly below replacement rate of births. China is a... uh, well, <laughs> it's like me when I've reached top running speed. There ain't much more left. It's not going to be sustained for a while. China is it's a rising and peaking power in my opinion. It might do something about that. Maybe they'll pass out Viagra to all the uh, the fine Chinese fellers and all of a sudden we'll have uh, Chinese babies uh, uh, coming out in record numbers, but I doubt it.
2: Aren't we just jealous? We want deal. Aren't we just jealous that we didn't come up with that idea of building islands and then claiming that's part of your territory? It's a pretty good idea.
3: Well, that's way, way outside of uh, international norms that we'd establish, you know, post-WW2, where everybody decided to be reasonably nice to each other and get along. Uh, China thinks, well, listen, and here's the way it works. Maybe, Maybe you study history, maybe you don't. What they're trying to do is establish choke points. Uh, on the route, as Tom put it, where 40% of the world's uh, commerce takes place. And so it's like, you know, uh, back in the day, the, uh, the Arab states would uh, close or threaten to close the Suez Canal or the, uh, the Straits of Hormuz or whatever to choke off oil. And if you, you know, did anything they didn't like, they'd say, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it looks like the uh, shipping lanes need a little work or something. So we're going to close those off, knowing that that would be a catastrophic blow to the nation's economy. So they're just looking for those leverage points. And, you know, they're not going to say we're going to fire on your ships, but they will use it to assert their power in every possible way. Those shipping lanes will be a way to, you know, whatever, get us to do, well, anything they want.
2: Pretty clever idea, though, building an islands and claiming it's part of your territory. And say, I mean, well, that's a oh, good idea.
3: But the one thing we will never do, and I want you to look at me right now. I want you to look at, look me in the eye the one thing we will never do is militarize them and by the end of the sentence they've got uh, an army base built on those islands i mean it's absolutely it's you know i
4: wonder whose idea that
2: was he's going to you know
3: who in the 30s
2: he's going to have a statue of himself someday right who whoever came up with the came, island, uh... whoever came up with the idea of let's build islands and then we'll claim it's part of our
3: country right yeah it's, it's, sure it's great but uh, won't the U.S. go crazy? No, tell them it's for resorts. Tell them we're building hotels. We won't militarize them. So we're not going to militarize them? No. Then he slaps the other guy because he's not nearly as bright. Of course we're going to militarize them. We're going to tell them we're not going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm with you, boss. And and on it goes. They're trying to knock our plane out of the sky. we got to show them. We have, what do you do to a bully, Jack? What do you do? Run? You, <laughs> Yeah, punch him right
2: in the nose. Uh, We got this text. We have islands. They're called aircraft carriers. They're militarized also. Yeah, that's true enough. What's coming
4: up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, weighing in on the fate of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Forget about it. We got more calls for Seattle's mayor to resign because of those sex abuse charges. And get ready for the Tesla of the Seas, the world's first crewless automated cargo ship. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. The Tesla of the Seas. Yes. Did you make that up? I wish I had. Mm. Of course well, I, I did. Wait a minute. Tesla. aren't it.
3: automated. I'm confused. It's electric? Maybe. All right. I'll stay tuned. Why don't I just keep my questions to myself until the lecture is done? It's always <laughs> hated people. Who- <laughs> yeah, what, what happens if, like, <laughs> like, we, like we're sick <laughs> and... A, I'll get
2: to that. I'm going to get to that. (laughs) Did you think I wasn't going to get to that?
3: (laughs) I'm that guy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Stay
2: with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I wish I'd ask our guest about this. I just came across this article in the New York Times. China's One Belt, One Road Project. Are you familiar with that? They're going to spend a trillion, with a T, Trillion dollars in infrastructure across 60 countries to try to make trade between the East and West more uh, fluid. Wow. And uh, they will uh, profit from it, of course. And Iran is really at the hub of the whole thing. They're spending gazillions of dollars in Iran to make that happen. A trillion
3: dollar infrastructure project. Wow. I remember when China was doing this big, big, big time in Africa. And two things. Number one, it comes with an IOU. They uh, they expect something out of you for building you a highway system, which is you know perfectly reasonable. But they never go in and say, "Listen, we'll help you, but we really need you to look at your human rights and we need you to do this." And they don't they don't care about any of that stuff. You throw your dissidents in jail and torture them. We don't care. Uh, just do do the trade with us for the next twenty five
4: years. Sign right here. It's advantage of being China. Yep. News now, Marsh Phillips on the fate of. Attorney General Jeff Sessions, Anthony Lamucci Scaramucci has spoken. President Trump's new communications director was talking uh, with radio host Hugh Hewitt. Did an interview with him this morning saying... He's obviously frustrated. I
3: said yesterday, I think to Sarah Murray, maybe the two of them to get together. My guess is the president doesn't want to do that. Um, And so I think it's going to – I think him and Jeff – or sorry, Attorney General Sessions need to work this thing out. It's clear the
4: president wants him gone. I
3: I have enormous amount of respect for the attorney general, uh, but I do know the president pretty well. And if there's this level of tension in the relationship that that, that's public, um, you're probably right. But I don't want to speak for the president on that because he's a cabinet official.
1: And I sort of think that has to be between the president of the United States and the cabinet official. Wow. Wow. Now, is that –
3: I mean, obviously, he said what he said. He said Sessions out. But was he also telling the president, it ought to be between you two?
2: Well, I don't know. Was he directed to say, I think he's got to go
3: like he just did? Or has he been licensed to wing it? Does he have the green light to just say whatever? Say whatever you want. That's what I do. It's what the president's saying. Well,
2: he knows the president very well. If, if they can't talk to each other, if Trump right. and Sessions can't talk right. to each other, well, then it's it's an unfixable relate. You can't have an attorney general that, that doesn't talk to
3: the president. No, certainly not. And then you let the voters decide. Are you okay with this sort of chaos? And then, well, you know, whatever happens next, who does he appoint? What does he tell him about the Russia investigation? How does that go? Well, we live in a
4: republic. You get the vote. The Seattle LGBTQ Commission is now calling on embattled Mayor Ed Murray to resign amid allegations of sexual abuse. Good. Yeah, raping children isn't okay just because you're gay. The commission releasing a letter urging Murray to step down, quote, due to allegations and mounting evidence, he's repeatedly engaged in sexual abuse of minors. The commission is accusing Murray of claiming homophobic intent to shield himself from accountability. Because of that's is. what he's doing. <laughs> that's probably why they're claiming that. Yep. And that's what uh, they put in the letter. They also add that Murray's response to the charges has been harmful and inappropriate to the LGBTQ individuals as well as survivors of sexual abuse and individuals with criminal history. Anyway. Good, good for you
2: all for calling him out and not letting him get away with saying it's just because I'm gay they're saying that. Good for
4: you. The first ever crewless automated ship will launch next year and ex- is expected to be fully autonomous by 2020. The Norwegian-built container ship called... Robot the, ships. Called the Yara Sail Sailing use, the seas. They'll be using GPS radar cameras and sensors to navigate around other boat traffic and to dock. It will also run on electricity, earning it the nickname the Tesla of the seas. I'm the captain now. Who are you talking to? I don't know. <laughs> the ship, the ship is going to go crewless in stages. They're going to first launch as a manned vessel, and then they're going to start shifting to remote operation, and finally they'll move to being fully autonomous. God, did, was was
2: I with you? Is that yeah, where we learned about what those those like cargo ships that come from China are like. They come clear across the Pacific Ocean. They're at sea for like a month. And how weird those situations are. You have like those giant ships that you see in ports in in San Francisco or L.A. or Seattle or wherever. Those enormous, enormous ships. They only got like 10 people on there. Mm -hmm. And they're weirdos who never talk to anybody and live in the dark. And I mean, it's just it's very strange. (laughs) They scurry the town like
3: rats, get supplies, (laughs) scurry back on their ships. Yeah. No offense if you're one of those people. (laughs) They're very,
2: very strange people They get stranger while they're at sea. And um, somebody needs to do a documentary on that, but um, so now they're going to get away from the skeleton crew of weirdos and just have a, a ghost ship.
4: It's <laughs> China! The ship's a uh, standard container ship. It's going to well, actually, the ship is expected to cost about three times as much as a standard container ship. Wow. But investors say the operating costs will be slashed by 90 percent because it's not going to need fuel or a crew. Wow, So I'm sorry, how, where are they getting the electric power? It doesn't. I don't have the details on that. It just says it's going to run on electricity. Grinding yeah. up dolphins. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> controversial. Anyway, at one time I was in the open sea in a sixty-foot uh, long. Uh, I guess you'd call it sailboat. It had sixty it. With, s- foot. Yeah. I'm guessing with some sort of starlet or
3: heiress or something. Since <laughs> no. most of your stories involve was all
4: involved. Right? No. No, 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 no. I was with uh, Greenpeace. I was, uh, I was freelancing oh, okay. for the Associated Press when they were oh, gotcha. doing some uh, runs against nuclear power plants. A
2: 60-foot sailboat. Yep. I'd like to try that once.
4: And we were out on the high sea, and you would see these container ships. They'd be off, off on the horizon. And before you knew it, they'd be almost on top of you. And they are huge, and they move like you would not believe. Sure, yeah. And a lot of times, they're one of the Full biggest... Full of weirdos. <laughs> and they're, they're one of the biggest dangers to smaller China. craft out on the sea, because a lot of times, nobody's really watching. Oh, they yeah. can't see oh, it, yeah. and they move so quickly I'll that they, they certainly can't stop. You know, yeah. boom. Man, wow. you're gone. And, but, and so they'll be controlled drone style or yep. like your Google car or something?
3: Yep. that be interesting. Yep. to see.
4: That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The voice of the West.
1: I
3: don't know. You look at that
4: collision between
3: the container ship and the USS Fitzgerald oh, yeah. the other day, and there are plenty of human beings aboard both ships, and yep. they just didn't do the right thing. Right. Maybe you're better off with some sort of, you know, automated system. Boy, um, thanks for this 70s classic, Michael. Oh. The Hughes Corporation, if I recall correctly.
2: Some people in the know let me know what the political correct term is for the conversation I was having earlier. I'll hit you to that. We should all know that. That'd be a good thing to know. I guess. Oh, you want
3: to use the not
2: politically correct
3: term? Mm. I find all of it a little tiresome, honestly, but, uh, but uh, we can we can go into detail on that in a moment. All right.
2: Don't we have another guest we're going to talk to at some point about something?
3: You know what I'd like to know? Why can't we have hit songs like that these days? <laughs> Listen to the melody.
2: Oh, yeah. There's yeah. no
3: rapping about bitches right. and hoes. It's, it's
2: all melody. Yeah, we have an interview later following up on the uh, should employers microchip their employees oh. conversation. And what's interesting is employees are voluntarily being yep. microchipped.
3: Get in line, sheep!
4: Back! <laughs> Shit me. Then cheer me. Put me in a pen.
2: See these sheep speak, and they talk in English, but have a sheep-like accent. It's interesting. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: business news he here so that WebMD is being sold for 2.8 billion dollars the owner said that he was just
3: getting tired but web MD says it could either be gout polio or scurvy <laughs> that's pretty funny Ooh, that is pretty funny
2: internet cancer they call it yeah you look up whatever your your <laughs> symptoms are you've got some sort of horrifying disease oh
3: boy canada is getting really creepy We'll tell you about it. Canada is getting creepy. Canada.
2: I can't think of any country less creepy than Canada. I know that's Off why it's so shocking. Okay. Uh, our text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Coming up on the show. Employers who are asking employees, "Would you like to be chipped?" <laughs> and employees saying, "Sure," because Whew. of but uh, because of the the ease of it, because it just makes your life easier. So stay wow. tuned for that. Voluntary slaves, sickening. Imagine hacking into an enormous oil tanker and running into the Golden Gate Bridge or something.
3: Oh, boy. Wait. If, oh, is that like, wow. If these giant. Based on Marshall's story.
2: If these yeah. giant cargo ships are just run by computer, then obviously the, the whole hacking thing is out there. Right. I think. Right. I'd, oh, my golly. Oh, that's a good one. It's a nightmare scenario, huh? There is a podcast about container ships. Uh, it's all about container ships. Came out this year. Okay, I'll, ch- I'll check that <laughs> out. Wow. Wow,
3: if you've exhausted all other entertainment. (laughs) I'm sure there are dramas aboard or fascinating technical information. I I hate to be cynical about it, but
2: here's one of these texts we get. It's either true or it's not, but if it is true, it's amazing. The 10 largest container ships put out more pollution every year than all the world's cars and trucks combined. If that is true, what you doing with the the various uh, things to my car? It's it's not making an ant's flatulence worth of difference compared to these 10 container ships.
3: Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, the powerful belly up to uh, Washington, the other capitals of the world, and yeah, they get what they need.
2: Oh, and I talked about I was behind uh, a group of people. I didn't know what to call them. Um, the, the, would have been mentally retarded back when I was younger.
3: I go with the DD term, developmentally disabled. Uh,
2: the current PC term is intellectually disabled, ID. My <laughs> husband is a moderate, severe special ed teacher at elementary school. And that's uh, what it is—intellectually disabled. No okay, problem.
4: that's okay. Well, maybe not to
2: the nose. It seems like at least the—I'm <clears throat> sorry—the general theory of that cargo ships polluting more
3: than cars is very much accurate. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's,
2: that is a, that is a, that is really something. Well, that's
3: that's an eye opener. That's yeah. amazing. How does not how does everybody not know that? Just one of
2: the world's largest container ships can emit about as much pollution as fifty million cars. Wow, that is incredible. When you think about you know driving a car, it's either more expensive or less powerful. Because they're trying to make a dent in <clears throat> that is something. Yeah,
3: that is amazing. I mean, if if cars was a monolith and you could affect all of them at once, well, that was, uh, would obviously be a worthy goal. But the fact that, well, and that's what they're trying to do, Ridley, really, make them all less polluty. Which is fine.
2: Uh, Yesterday I was talking about I saw a UPS truck pull into a parking lot driving, in my opinion, way too fast. My kids were, I were crossing the street. I I said something to the driver. I said, hey, you're driving pretty fast. So he rolled his eyes and drove on. Knocked down by Brown. film at 11. And I uh, I just wondered if I should have called or not. And I didn't know. I don't know. Jack, I worked for UPS for 30 years as a delivery driver and now represent the workers in the Teamster Union, which I was personally a member of at one point. Uh, They pride themselves on their driving skills. We absolutely would want to know about it. Blah, 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 blah. It makes us all look bad. Yeah, I worked for UPS. Great people, great company. Man, the Teamsters took care of you. I can understand why if you're in union like that, you like it. I had one, like, minor problem. I mean, I was a low-level, stacking boxes in the middle of the night guy. And I had one problem with my paycheck one time, and I mean... He- heaven and earth, heaven and hell, were moved wow. by management to make sure I was taken care of. Wow! When I mentioned to my Teamster guy, yeah, my check something or other. I mean, it just like the world stopped to make sure that got fixed. Wow! Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah, I, I one of the reasons I took that job, you know, the health care bill and the news and everything like that, was uh, I well, I took that job solely to have health insurance because at that time and in my view. The smart thing to do was to have insurance, and it was tied to jobs. And I didn't have a right to health insurance unless I was working a job that had health insurance. But anyway, at UPS at that time, I don't know if it's still the same. They offered 100% coverage, no deductible, everything, <sighs> dental and and medical. Wow, as a part time employee. Wow,
3: those days are gone. And that's why wow. I took the job. It was, that had it paid, to be it, the height of the Teamsters' power.
2: It paid pretty well, and that. So I mean, everything. Wow.
3: Wow. How old can you be to still employ?
2: Yeah, I was pretty healthy, so I didn't really get to take advantage of it, but I should have had my teeth yanked or something. <laughs> or have more added.
3: So <laughs> they wear out, they move forward just like a shark.
2: <laughs> and then I race Michael Phelps. That's right. Um, uh, Cheaper weddings becoming a thing. I always wondered if... Uh, finally. Yeah, finally. um, Couples spending $15,000 or less on their weddings, uh, not inviting as many people, it's becoming a trend... What, yeah, hopefully the pendulum swung as far as it could that one dumb direction.
3: Yeah. And now it's going to go back toward,
2: why would you want to start out with a bunch of debt and everything like
3: that? It's a terrible it's idea just, it's just put ridiculous. that pressure on yourself and the relationship. Ridiculous. Don't, ridiculous. Don't do Happy it. Happy to see that. Get you a couple plates of barbecue and a, maybe a, a good square dance collar. Have a nice hoedown. Good American hoedown. No reason to pretend you're the Rockefellers or... Or, you know, some sort of, you know, Prince of Monaco? Stop it. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So uh, Canada is going creepy on us, which is really, really disappointing because Canadians are usually such fine and earnest people. But Canada is starting to roll pretty heavily toward the socialist end of things. They've instituted a no- new program that will be, well, it fits in rather beautifully with the idea of your employer putting a microchip into you. Oh, really? Yeah, so stay with us.
2: Yeah, that story next. But if you got the microchip in you, you don't need your uh, little key tag fob thing you wear around your
3: neck or keep in your pocket to go in the door. Sure. Allow them to put chains on you. They're doing it for your own good. The microchip is the chain of the 21st century.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. I could be under constant surveillance from a foreign thing placed in my body, or I could have to remember my passwords. (laughs) It's close. (laughs) It's close. May your chains rest lightly upon you. We'll learn more about that next on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
4: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin,
4: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,